Hi there, this is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. This chat is with Daniel Virguez, who is currently studying for his PhD in international stop motion co-production, and he might just end up being the most educated person in stop motion in the world since I've never heard of a PhD in stop motion before. But besides what he is doing his thesis on, Daniel is also going to share his journey from growing up in Colombia, discovering stop motion at an early age, and then packing up everything he had to move to France in 2011 to look for new opportunities to keep working in the medium. Currently, he works at XBO Films on a French stop-motion show called Kiwi, and obviously he's studying for his PhD there as well. Plus, he is a member of an artist association called the Guayavo Colectivo. I probably butchered how to say that. And he's currently in the process of creating a fantastic and easy way for stop-motion professionals to collaborate worldwide. So he's gonna chat all about that too. But before we jump in, I have a sponsored message to share with you, and it comes from my friends over at Hue HD who offer an all-in-one starter kit for kids around seven to 13 years old, or really any beginner when it comes to animation. Their kit includes an easy and fun way to learn key animation techniques including claymation, lip syncing, and rotoscoping. The kit includes a colorful Hue HD camera with a bendy gooseneck, built-in microphone, and manual focus. It also includes their easy-to-use animation software which has some great features like onion skinning and time-lapse, and kids can even record their own voices to bring their animations to life. Also part of the kit is the Hue Book of Animation which takes you step-by-step through how to create your own stop-motion videos. Plus, you can download free sound effects, a storyboard template, and backgrounds to give your videos some added magic. And if you want more info about this kit or you want to purchase one yourself, you can check it out on the Hue website or order one off Amazon. And I've included links to both of these in the description of this chat. One more thing now, Hue has created a free little download package for any listener of this podcast. They've included a storyboard template in the package as well as a sample background for your next claymation, a short instructional video on how to squash and stretch a simple character with clay to make it bounce, and even a super cute printable fenicistoscope of a rat going into a hole. And a fenicistoscope, if you're not aware, is one of those little circle things with slits in it that when you put it on a stick and spin it in a mirror, you can see the animation come to life. So if you know someone interested in trying out stop motion for the first time, or you want to yourself, definitely check out this free download package. The link is in the description of this podcast. Now let's jump into the chat. Hi, Dan. What's going on? How are you? Hello, Terry. Hi. What's up? Thanks for Thank coming you for having me here. So you're you're calling in from France, and uh, I'm in Toronto. I love how this podcast is like building me connections with people all the way around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually fun. Uh, here it's like uh, eight in the in the evening, and it, I'm I'm here in Toulouse in France. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, but you're you're not from France originally. Originally, you came from Colombia, and you know I've I don't think I've talked to somebody who's pursued you know stop motion and educating themselves in stop motion maybe as much as you have because you're getting a phd in in a stop motion related field as well so i'm wondering you know as we as we go through the chat and uh we kind of talk about your journey and why you're doing things at the end of the day like what can somebody keep in mind as they listen to your story that you're that you're pursuing like what has brought you to the depths of stop motion to take you halfway across the world and pursue you know higher education as well doctor a doctor stop motion we can call you <laughs> doctor stop motion yeah no it's it's fun because um, i i just love this animation technique and i started when i was like seven years old and i don't know then i started studying cinema actually at the beginning was like cinema video um, video production and it was until I was doing my master in, in France uh, that I realized that I, that was the thing that I loved was stop motion. And you were doing yeah. a master's in what? In what infographics. Yeah. Like uh, after effects and uh, uh. yeah. And then, then I did another, another kind of diploma here. It's called Durka, D-U-R-C-A which means like, um, like a diploma of research in, in audio, audiovisual field. So it's like, um, like you have to start like researching something that you like. And I was like um, researching about movement. And then I just start keep doing it uh, in the stop motion. And now I'm doing a, I'm a, a PhD in, in international co-production in stop motion films. Wow. I, I definitely want to chat about 
you know, what this PhD entails and, and what it's giving you. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have professional experience in stop motion, you're getting all this education. What do you, is there, you know, your education when you're finished, what is that thing that you want to do with your, with your career or want to become like, do you want to become a director, a studio owner, a stop motion animator, like um, producer, like, is there, is there something that you're working towards? Yeah, I think producer is the, the, the most obvious uh, way that I'm going to take because um, the, the, the PhD that I'm taking, it, it's like uh, to be a consultant in, in production, uh, international co-production. So I think that at the end of the day, the, um, my, my dream is like making different countries work together in a stop motion movie. Because it's like it's going to be like I don't know. We're going to find out different materials, different stories, the whole universe that is going to be out the the bound the boundaries of of the the, the establishment of um, of the aesthetics right now in in, in animation. You know, like uh, we only have like um, big studios working in stop motion movies and everybody's like wondering like wow what is the next uh, like a film or or art man but there is a lot of, of countries that have a lot of potential and they can explore it because they don't have the money or, or or the knowledge but they have the ideas and and the only thing that they need is to start to work together to start making more movies and that is i think that is the the thing that everybody's wanting to, to see, you know, like uh, more more movies in stop motion and and different aesthetics and different materials. Right. Yeah, I, think. Well, I think that's amazing. And it's, you know, especially with social media these days, there's so many stop motion artists from other countries kind of popping up and, and making a name for themselves. It's incredible. What do you think it would take to say, you know, you mentioned Ardman and Leica, for them to form a partnership with another country, like maybe like Korea or Colombia or France or something to create uh, a partnership movie versus like, what would be the incentive be for them when, you know, uh, you mentioned that they have money versus other countries don't, may not have money, but they have different stories to tell. Yeah, I, I think that for example, Leica and, and, and Ardman, they have the industry of animation in their countries. You know, so they have the all the the machinery to 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 make a movie and with a really good quality. But the the the, the scripts are getting like like really standard. You know, like getting into a, something really obvious, and maybe it's because they want to win money and they go for the big bucks. But um, in in other countries, I don't know, like Egypt or Colombia or um, I don't know Argentina, there is something different that make uh, creators um, they, they give the creators the, this feeling to to create, you know, and it's it's something different. I don't know how to say it, but it's different. It's not money anyway. Yeah, and and. And I think that this feeling that this emotion is needed in in some scripts in, in Laika or in Ireland, I think. So maybe it's the, the complementation that they, they, they need. So with your research and your PhD, I want, I want to talk a lot about that, but I'm just, you know, maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself. Are you, are there trends in stop motion in different countries right now that you see are emerging and, and building up versus... Actually, Actually, I think that everywhere there is an, a trending in stop motion, but we don't have access because we only have this this bubble in where we are like looking for. So I don't know how it works in 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 United States, but in France we have these uh, algor uh, no, logarithms like you only can see the things that you like, and it's really hard to find out something new. So um, I, I was the, the I was in a in a, in a trip in 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 Egypt like uh, last year, and I find out a whole it's a really small universe, but a whole universe um, in stop motion artist there, and it was beautiful. 
actually everybody's like working together in in their houses and they don't know each other and they live in the same in the same city so i was like meeting all these artists and i was asking them like hey do you know asem and they say like no i don't know him I, i follow him he's really good but i never never meet him and i say okay we're going to make like the first meet up uh, stop motion meetup. So we call it um, super stop motion super meetup. And there were like, I don't know, 20 stop motion artists and they were like, ah, you are awesome. I follow you, you're so great. Ah, you're Dina, Dina, you're so great. And, and they, yeah, we're, they were really happy. And we make like, like this meeting and everybody were happy. That was, yeah, the thing in every country, we need to do this, you know, like meeting and, and just knew each other. Yeah. Well, especially kind of artists are a little bit introverted sometimes and uh, don't want to plan these things too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it kind of sounds like this is, you know, I, I love that you created a meetup, but do you think you're kind of at the forefront of this happening on a grander scale over different countries? Because as we're becoming more global, and stop motion is getting a lot of attention lately. Of course, we're in a pandemic right now, so things are a little bit stagnant. Yeah. Or maybe this is the perfect time to to foster those connections. I don't know. How are you seeing? Uh, I don't even know if I just asked the question. But... No, no, no. I, I completely agree with you. I, I I believe that stop motion is getting more attention right now, and for that reason, I'm making this PhD to understand how how can I can I can I improve this um, this industry. So. If there is um, an easy way to an easier way to make a contract or an easier way to pay taxes or um, some program to work together in a, um, in an artistic residency or or something that I have to uh, look for, you know, because I don't have it, uh, I don't have found it yet, but I'm looking for it. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that there is a lot of um, a new stop motion uh, Facebook groups. There is a lot of uh, new fan scenes in stop motion in different languages. There is a lot of stop motion production by small enterprises and small artists that want to, to just to get fun. So yeah, it's like growing and growing and growing. And in a moment, they, it's going to take a place in like uh, 3D industry took it like, I don't know, like 15 years ago or something or 10 years ago. Now it's stop motion time. And yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah, I like what you said about 3D because you know, that happened so fast because it was this new technology that everybody wanted. And now it almost feels like there's this resurgence of stop motion because it's getting back to the, you know, this, this nostalgic route for a lot of people. It's interesting. It stands out versus all the 3d and 2d out there. So I hope, I hope this continues because that'd be awesome. So, okay, maybe let's backtrack a little bit. Cause we, you know, we kind of glossed over your story a little bit where you came from Columbia and, and you're, you went and got your master's and PhD. Um, and you said you, you know, you, this journey began for you when you were seven years old, what propelled you to really say, you know, stop motion is my thing as a kid and then pursue it so, so hard. I mean, you, you, before this chat, we were talking about some of the sacrifices you've made over the years and it's quite incredible, you know, how far you've come. So I don't know where you want to start, but just uh, I think all of it's interesting. So maybe you just want to start sharing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can say that was my mom that took me to my first clay sculpture class when I was seven years old. And it looks like I was like, um, I don't know, that was getting fun in that, in that classes. Saturday mornings, actually, yeah, it, was, it was hard to get up. But um, yeah, that was the beginning. And then I, I love it. I love to see cartoons, you know, it's like kid stuff. So um, why not to work in that? And was that one was my first question. And when I was like, I don't know, like 14 years old, I started giving classes to other kids in, in to make clay sculpture. And yeah, I did that, that that was the time that I was starting to take lessons with uh, the master of stop motion in Colombia, which is Edgar Humberto Alvarez, my, my first stop motion teacher. 
And since I work with him, I yeah, I keep working in stop motion. Was until... he? Did you take a course by him or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like uh, the puppet in the pixelation classes ah. when I was like nine years old or something. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I have videos in in like um, in really bad quality when when a lot of people like was moving me and making like pixelation with me swimming in the grass yeah nice that's so what is the industry kind of like in colombia because i know there are quite a few tv productions there and can you just give an overview of i guess what's happening yeah 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 it's like it's funny because in the in the early 90s was like a small stop motion production in clay and was similar in egypt actually in the early 90s. And there were also like a series in, in clay, clay motion, but um, that stopped. I don't know why, just just stops like no more production. And, and then we're like, um, yeah, small productions like, like for commercial stuff or for some musical videos, but not um, like series or movies. There is not, uh, actually there is not, um, right now there is not a stop motion movie in Colombia right now. So so when you were growing up and you know, you had this amazing mentor teacher and you were involved in some projects and you wanted to keep pursuing that, did you see a lot of opportunity to stay in Colombia and, and become a, an animator there? No, no, actually no. Uh, for the reason I study cinema, like, um, like uh, yeah, traditional video production and yeah, that was that was the beginning, and in the in the National University of Colombia. So for that reason, I I left a little bit the animation because there wasn't like a, like a stop a stop motion school, and yeah, that was a shame. But I came to France, so that's cool. So but, but you know. Uh... I guess about the time you came to France, most of the stop motion was being done in the States. So why did you decide to go to, to go to France? Yeah, well, in France, the education is like really cheap. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can like for a year of like, yeah, for a, one year, you can pay like 400 euros. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's rich. Yeah, moving, moving to France, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was the winning of the of the socialism here in the in the '68. That was the students winning against the neoliberalism. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So that what I guess what did you have to give up to? You know, you saw France as like cheap education that you could pursue. What did you kind of have to give up as you as you came over? Because I'm assuming you had to leave your family behind and uh, you know all your connections. You, you come to France as like a alone person not knowing anybody <laughs> it was it was kind of funny at the beginning because I, I i didn't know how to speak french but um but the funny thing is hearing toulouse uh, is like the, um, the the latino city of europe you know it's like it's like miami of europe actually here i don't know how many colombians are but there is a lot so it was funny to get adapted here. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. And nice. then we have internet, so I can call my family whenever I want. <laughs> so, so let's talk about this PhD a little bit then. Um, how is this a, is this an established PhD program? Like, are, no. so are you, are you kind of um, leading the way for what you're doing right now? Yes, it's here. The PhDs is like um, like you propose something to the laboratory, and then you can have like a director who can like um, give you some tips or some advices to improve your research. But there is nothing that you have to take a lesson to understand what are you looking for because like it's like researching, so you have to look for it, and that's yeah. it. So I propose to, to, to understand how this the motion industry works and, and how the internationalization works also. And if I can find out how 
which uh, internaliz internationalization theory works with uh, a stop motion industry, I can propose like a method or a, or a path to make um, the easiest way to, to create an, an international co-production. Okay, so uh, can you explain to me what internationalization theory is in a nutshell? Yeah, actually, there is there is like a, a lot of theories in 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 internal internationalization internationalization, <laughs> um, which uh, are like the most of them are made by the United States actually after the fifties in, in when they start working in, in co-production with Spain and Italy to make the westerns. And, and yeah, that was the beginning of the international co-production actually. And so they start like making a lot of research to win um, more money in these uh, kind of co-productions. And yeah, so there is a lot of, uh, of theories. I, I'm, I'm more in interested in, in the agency theory and the game theory, which are like, some theories that you can understand how you can um, put some like uh, like a representation in other country and you can like uh, like control the process of your of your business over there hmm. but uh, that can that can work I don't know like in some different areas you know like I don't know something that you can sell merchandising or you can sell stuff but in a but in a co-production in a stop motion is really hard to understand because it's it's not any standard way to make stop motion. You know, you can make stop motion with sand, you can make stop motion with clay, you can make stop motion with people, with everything. So it's it's that is the the, the complex of this um, standardization uh, or, or create a model that everybody can understand and be um, like comfortable with. So that's that's then the, my my research, and I getting information of people who had made uh, like a successful successful co-production already. Like for example, I don't know if you know Casa Lobo, which is a, a Chilean film made in co-production with Germany, or um, Mavie Corget, which is a co-production with. Um, Swiss and, and France and, and La Traversée, which is another co-production film in, made between uh, Czech Republic, Germany and France. And they have this, um, this process that they have to develop. Meanwhile, they were creating because it wasn't a process um, like a standard process to to get in, in to their own, you know. It's like they don't have nothing to learn, but they have to create it. Meanwhile, they are doing the, the movie, so they can lose money. Like when, meanwhile, they are uh, discovering how to how to deal with the problems that they're going to have. Yeah, and that is that it's like expen more expensive that than only have a process to, to create. And yeah, for, for the reason I have in these, I have in these interviews and, and compila compilating, I don't know how to say that, make a compilation of their experiences and like create a kind of a model in, uh, with, with an app to, to make easier the, um, the process of the co-production. So what are, so, you know, like I have a good understanding of how, you know, animation is kind of out, 2D animation or 3D animation is outsourced, you know, uh, the story and storyboards may be written in one country and then the animation is outsourced to another country and they have like a good feedback loop to make episodes pretty quickly and under budget. With stop motion, you know, you, you've, you've listed some productions and kind of said, you know, with the puppets and whatnot, but what is the ideal situation if you were to if you were to create a model right now like country a does x country b does x maybe country c does something else like what it, what does that look from look like for you from yeah, your perspective I think, I think that one of the best models uh right now it's like um the the traversé, la traversé model 
which is like one country can have access to a small part of the of the of the film so they can make like a like a short film the other country is going to make another short film and the third country is going to make an, a small short film so they can divide the budget into in three small short films and then they put it together and they have a long um, um yeah a movie well, how do you okay so this is interesting to me because i'm actually in in school right now i'm making a group film in stop motion with my classmates but because of the pandemic we have to make separate parts of the same film from our apartments or houses or whatever so one thing that we are trying to figure out is how to create a consistent look and feel for everybody without having to make 10 sets of the same puppets and you know we don't have the same cameras and the same lighting and all that stuff so how does how do you make three parts of a film in three different countries while keeping everything consistent that almost feels more expensive than just shooting it all in one location because you for stop motion you have to have triple the camera you know triple the studio space like all that stuff so how does how does that work yeah no no, no. yeah it's complicated it's it depends i think of the of the script yeah if your script uh, can hold that kind of experimentation you can do it but what so is that does that leave only certain stories yeah, exactly. So if you if if your script can hold like like a different kind of um, different kind of um, of aesthetic, yeah, yeah, that you 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 can just go and and experience that, and it's going to be like your own aesthetics. But if you want like a traditional um, movie where everything is like Disney and everything is going to be like the classic. Um, like classic scenario, uh, I think it's not it's not the, the the right process that you're going to go with uh, with that kind of of of, of model. So it's okay. So, uh, but that's I'm trying to figure out because you just said you know the the perfect model right now that you are working on is country A does a short film, country B does a short film, country C does a short film, but they each kind of look different, right? So, is there a way to say let's make a feature film? That looks consistent and feels the same, but still have it co-produced by different countries. Yeah, I, I think well, that is that is a good question. I think that the best answer is Casalo. Yeah, Casalo is like they have their own his own aesthetics, but it was made like in I don't know like four different museums and. They, they 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 have their own studio and they they build it in every museum in every different museum mm. it was like an like a portable studio and the film was worked really well really really well right now he's he's traveling in um well yeah like the the the, the film is traveling right now in germany and having some exhibitions over there, yeah. And, and they, they made, I don't know how to talk to explain. They have like, um, how to say that, like, a, like um, I don't know how to say that. It's like the rules, you know? Yeah, the, the set processes. The movie, yeah, the rules of the movie. And they, when they have the rules of the movie, it's like the scenario of the movie. So they, if they're going to have, for example, one of the rules was like, in every photo, you have to move the tripod. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's every single photo. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen this, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go look it up. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I, even I, imagine what that looks like. In the small screen, because it's like, wow. Yeah, it's, in your it's dense, yeah. So is this, so I'm trying to like, you know, um, there's like a difference between commercialized projects, which are made for, you know, um, uh, I guess like a TV show or a movie that comes in theaters and has like a, uh, is expecting to get, you know, its budget back versus more artistic films. Like, are you talking about both kinds of projects being executed in this way? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that the, the exploration is going to be like more through the, to the art feel. Yeah. And and that's going to to 
give us a new experience in, in cinema. Actually. Ah, okay, cool. So from, you know, how, sorry, how far in are you with your PhD right now? I'm my, well, yeah, third year, yeah. Oh, so are, are you gonna, are you finishing it in four years or? I hope that it's going to be finished in 2022. Okay. I don't know because of the because I normally I I going to finish but it wasn't if it wasn't for the for the covid I will it will be finished in in September 21 like gotcha. 2021 gotcha. but I have to yeah. So I'm I'm wondering like what are the top what is the top thing that you've learned or you're exploring right now if if i don't know if you're not able to share that but i'm i'm very intrigued because you've talked to so many companies you know you've looked into these processes like what is that what is that juice that is really interesting out of all this i think that is the taxes the taxes thing is like really interesting stuff yeah because through the taxes you can understand the industry of every country hmm if you pay some taxes and you have more help to de to, to develop some industry in, in a country, normally the, the, the partner country must have the same thing to, um, to be balanced in the, in the production, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't happen like that. So I think that is the interesting thing to, to put into the table uh, in the moment where, that, where the co-production starts and how and, and figure out how taxes can um, can be something to 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 wake up and the interested in the interest in in the in the government of different countries to invest in stop motion films so what, what okay so say i'm country a and i don't have preferable taxes for a stop motion animation studio but I already have something going and you know, it's, it's very costly, but I'm, I'm doing it. How should I partner with a country that gives tax breaks to stop motion specifically? Like stop motion is such a niche. Are there yeah. countries that group it into animation in general or? It's, it's because if, if, you under, if you make your country understand that stop motion industry can can develop another um, external industries like i don't know for for example um, to make the machines to make the camera movements so you need um, an engineer or if you need uh, somebody to make the customs of the of the puppets so you need somebody who knows about tissues or for the for the for the decor i don't know how to say that the markets Backgrounds, um, yeah. For the backgrounds, you need some architect or something, or so through that kind of excuse, you can make some, the people in your country understand that it's necessary to make more stop motion movies and make some merchandising that through that and make kids and schools and get interested in stop motion aesthetics, and it's going to give you also some identity of the materials of your country of the or through the um, through the stories are you going to tell do you have examples of because yeah, that sounds like a massive undertaking to be like hey government can you create new tax laws around this this uh stop motion thing that my small studio is doing like yeah, do you have examples but, of how this has happened before but actually it works in colombia like like 20 years ago or something Kind of no, like 15 years ago, like mm. Colombia, in a moment, it started making like like this this uh, um, price to, um, to 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 make movies. Yeah, since I don't know in in 2000, I think. And since that moment, the the movie industry in Colombia it's going to is getting prizes. They were nominated to the Oscars. They win. A lot of prices in, in in Europe. It's making bigger and bigger, and it's only because the government give money to make some movies. Gotcha. So it's possible. It's completely possible. I still. <laughs> it. I mean, that's that's an amazing example. I'm just thinking for myself. Like, I have no idea where to even to even start lobbying the government. <laughs> so okay. So with your, you know, you're getting this PhD, and then hopefully in a couple of years you'll you'll you know finish it and have all your research and your model together it sounds almost like you would be a person to come into a project, say I have a studio and I would say like, 
hey dan like what's up can you come over and and like help me figure out some like production methods and some math and and things to really take advantage of what's going on in my country right now and maybe partner with a different country to figure out how we can work together type of thing like is is that where you see yourself kind of going into yeah 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 i think that also with the with the app that i'm that i'm developing yeah it's going to be like a really great uh, tool to make that happen like you can see the things on another different country and you're going to say like ah, i want to work with him but who can help me to make this easier ah. <laughs> I'm going to Super call them. stop motion meetup. So tell me about this app that you're creating because I think that's also really cool. You you described it to me earlier as like the LinkedIn for stop motion. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, like LinkedIn uh, for stop motion. It's called Stop Motion Bus. And like everybody get on the bus. Yeah, and it's like bus stop, then motion, then stop motion. <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's uh, everybody who gets into the bus is going to have them. The vision of of different of different artists and different stop motion artists who are in the in the same bus and they want to work together. So it's um, the bus is going in only one direction. Gotcha. So is this app available right now? Like, can I log in and be like, "Hey, I'm a stop motion animator from Canada. What's up, everybody?" No, not yet. I think that we're going to start the beta test in like two months or one month. Okay. And yeah, with the um, with the information that we're going to have from the from the professionals of the industry here in Europe, we're going to make some adjustments. Adjustments, yeah. Adjustments and and yeah, that's. I, I hope that is going to be ready like for the beginning of the next year. Are you? Um, that's that's pretty cool. Um, well, I certainly want to know about this app when it comes out because maybe I can be your a beta test user, you yeah. know, that'd be awesome. I, um, so I'm just thinking about, you know, your career kind of path. Are you going to stay in France and, or do you, are you going to go back to Colombia or do you even, do you even know at this point? Cause you also work as a professional stop motion animator as well. So what is your plan for that? And maybe we should talk about some of your experience in that as well. I'm jumping all over the place here. I'm sorry. Let's let's do one at a time. When you're done your PhD, are you going to go back to Columbia because you are seeing some resurgence in stop motion, or are you? What are your plans? No, I don't think so. I have I by I I have um this stop motion Facebook group though. It's called Stop Motion Colombia, which um it makes me to it makes me easier the way to understand how stop motion in Colombia works. So yeah, we have some friends over there that told me and they make some events and getting bigger and bigger. But I think that my life here in Europe, it's like being settled. So I don't think it's going, to, I don't think I'm going back to Colombia, but, um, but yeah, for, for, for the instant, I, I want to, to make this finish, finish the PhD and, and start making movies here. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. So uh, can you maybe share some of your professional experience in stop motion as well? Because you've worked on yeah, some of course. projects and I, and projects not in America, which I haven't you know talked with many people about on this podcast yet. So I want to dive into that a little bit, too. Yeah, here I, I worked uh, with two different studios. Uh, the first one is it's Double Maître Animation which is like, um, yeah, stop motion is really small studio. And we made a series um, of, it's called Le Kiwi. And it's like a five minute series, uh, two birds learning four English words. Uh, so it's to learn English to French kids. And I also work with um, Xbo Films. And, and Xbo Films, they made some pilots and really traditional animation. They're really, really good. And we, with them, I work with um, with a pilot for a yeah, like, yeah, like grown up uh, series of economics. And yeah, it's kind of complex, but um, I like it. The, it's, its name is the La Survie de l'Espèce. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I prefer to um, to make like clay clay animation for festivals and like uh, yeah. Nice. Are, are you working on any cool projects right now? 
Right now, no. I know. I I only have my time for for the PhD and yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and I have another like side projects with the association that I have. So it's yeah. like more like artistic exchange between Latin America and, and France. So it's yeah, I have all the time that I that I can give to the art. Do you want to, so you, I think your life sounds crazy. You're doing a PhD, you are working on an app and you also run an association. Can, do you want to, so it's, um, can, can you just explain what that's all about in some of the projects you worked on? Yeah, of course. The, the association's name uh, Guayabo Colectivo. And with them, I, we have uh, different projects. I work with, uh, with two of them, of the projects of the association. One of them is called Latinograph. So we, we brought like uh, a street artists from Latin America to make big walls here in, in, in France. You can like search like latinograph.com. And, and the other one, it's a fanzine, it's Disparates. And we make like, uh, yeah, we share stories in, in Spanish and French uh, from different people. I want to share stories and, and drawings. Nice, nice. I think that's quite incredible. You're creating all these resources for people to make connections and uh, explore art and, and everything. That's really that's really honorable. I'm, you know, I asked this at the beginning, but what is what is um, you know what is that driving force that really propels you? You mentioned you love stop motion, but is is there like a deeper connection to all this? And you know, you're also creating resources for other people, like. I mean, obviously it's great, but I just, I don't, I don't know how to say this in the wrong way, but why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, the, other, the other day I was thinking like, was the art, like, like try to spring himself through, through all the artists mm -hmm. and the artists, nobody knows how, why they do things, you know, all right. the artists, they just, they do, you know, yeah. but they don't know why they do it. I think it's art, like possess us and and start expressing himself through us. And I think we only have to give him talk. Yeah, no, I like that. You you, you got to feed the inner artist in you, and and you can't really explain why it is. It just is type of thing. Um, I'm wondering, you know, hearing your journey coming from Colombia, and you had some you had some amazing opportunities when you were little, you know what if somebody who's listening to this right now kind of feels a little isolated in stop motion, specifically where they live? Uh, you know, I keep saying, you know, maybe they're not from the States where Portland or, or Leica and all that stuff, or they're not in a hub where stop motion is, but they really love this craft and they want to pursue it. What's kind of the first step they can take where they are to try to turn it into something bigger or even find other people? Because you mentioned in Egypt, there was a lot of stop motion people following each other and they didn't meet up. So what is something that somebody can do right now where they are to try to build something kind of like what, what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think that the, the, the Egypt example, it's the best one because it was like, like making something real and from nothing. You know, like because everybody was doing the motion in their houses, but they don't know they never um, meet each other. Yeah. So I think the first thing is to meet people. Like I don't know, you you follow them and then you ask them, hey, do you want to grab a coffee? I'm also a stop motion animator, and from there you can just start like making a stop motion revolution. I don't know. Fair enough. Do you have any tips on getting money behind a project? Because uh, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was, uh, you know, a young high schooler, you know, early 20s, wanting to do stop motion and not really having any money and wanting to work on projects, but not knowing where to start either. Is, is there, you know, you mentioned there's there's taxes and things, but um, how do you get some budget behind a, a project once you have connections? Yeah, I, I, it depends of your of your level and uh, of your um... I don't know, the, the thing that you want, because if you want, I don't know, to make like um, a short movie of, of 15 seconds, you don't need a lot of money, so you can just ask, borrow, and that's it. But if you need to make a series or, um, or um, feature film, 
Well, you have to ask um, to, um, to another country maybe to work with you. And that's going to be the problem, how to have the, com the, 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 the trust of the other country to trust you. And that I think the, different, the, the difficult, the, the most difficult thing is to win the, the other country's trust. Right. And yeah, that, I think that is the, the problem. So say, okay, so um, I think that's interesting. So say I'm a small or I'm a studio right now and I have a script, you know, I've put a lot of work into this and I'm trying to figure out who to work with. How, where do I even start to try to find other production companies that might be interested? Uh, I um, think you have to, to start asking to so, 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 sociologists. Because sociologists. Yeah, because you don't know if your if your script is going to work in another country. Ah, you don't Where know. Do I find a sociologist? <laughs> yeah, because maybe your 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 script is it's um, you, you you have your imaginary, and you never thought to make the script with the other country. So you don't know how if the if the, if the body language can can play a role. You don't know if if the food, if the religion. If the stories, if the if the myths, the legends, you don't know nothing. So, how you can start making a, um, a process with another country to sell something if you don't know them? So, well, that's where do I where do I find a sociologist? <laughs> yeah, because they can give you some advices to yeah to 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 change your script or to sell for example if you wanted to sell it to i don't know to madagascar what do you know about madagascar nothing lemurs so, yeah so maybe you can just make a research and then ask somebody from madagascar to start making the script with you gotcha. and that is going to make a new completely new different story I, right, but so how do I even find production companies in another country when I don't know anything where to start? Like, you know, maybe I want to work with Madagascar, but I have no idea. You know, I heard maybe Madagascar has great tax breaks uh, and grants and things for animation productions. Could be any country. How do I how do I start? You know, are there associations for stop motion or animation that can list production the companies? First, the first thing of stop motion bus. Yeah. Yes. That much, yeah, okay. Full yeah, circle back to the app. All right. So in two the months, answer, when the beta the launches, then I'll know where to go. Yeah. The answer that I'm going to make is actually that. How I can <laughs> start making a, a new feature film in another country? Yeah. Well, that is my my PhD. I love it. That's that's incredible. I guess one more question for me is is something I thought of when you brought up. You know, does the country you're working with have the same stories and legends and storytelling? From your experience with researching stop motion projects in other countries. You know, um, for me as an enjoyer of stop motion, I watch a lot of stop motion from other countries, but I don't really take note of trends or whatnot. So in terms of the actual animation itself, um, have you noticed certain countries approach the stop motion craft differently? So for instance, like Leica is always super smooth. Acting is always a huge deal versus, uh, I can't think of another product, like, south park i guess where acting doesn't matter at all it's just lips talking are there are there do certain countries have a certain approach to how they do stop motion or is it no no actually it's, it's a quite an, an interesting question i i don't i don't think that i have the the the, the whole information to understand if there is a country do, that have all uh, and their own identity of stop motion animation i don't know i don't think so because, yeah, I think that the, the professional companies that want to make stop motion, they want to get really, really close to 3D animation and realistic animation. And, and everybody wants the same thing. So I, don't, I, I think that if there is like, um, like a research for a known stop motion animation identity, I think there is like, from for artists and then for countries that can look for it yeah cool yeah well that, that's that's interesting to know cool um is there anything is there anything else you wanted to share about uh you know what we've talked about or things yeah, we I haven't talked about 
you asked me where are my the two things that I, that I learned so far oh yeah 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 and I, I, I love that question and I think that the only two things that I, that I really learned from stop motion were patience and persistence <laughs> you, you, that it, it shouldn't be called stop motion it should be called patience and persistence <laughs> yeah actually, actually it's true actually, do you want to expand on that a little bit more like why did stop motion teach you I mean, I can guess why it taught you those things, but I'm just wondering if you can. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's when you start animation, you, when you're going to start your shooting, is like, okay, I have to finish this and that's going to be the whole day yeah. or the whole week. Yep. And and that's it. And you, you, you mentalize that idea in your, in your inner self and you go with it. And I think that every stop motion should make you grow up. Yeah. I, I um, definitely res resonate with that feeling, especially because you can't, <laughs> there's gotta be a pun in here. You can't stop stop motion once you start a shot. You have to keep going at it. Because if you stop and then take a day off or a few hours off, the lighting might change. You might bump something something might fall the clay might melt like you have to keep going at it so like for me when i'm starting a shot i have to like super get in the zone and be like all right i know this is going to last like maybe six hours i need to get out everything i need to from my brain like i need to you know play a quick video game or like go for a walk now because I am going to be totally locked up for the next the whole day. So yeah, that persistence and patience thing is, is huge when it comes to stop motion. I don't think other animators really understand that because, you know, you're working on 2D or 3D. You can get up and go, go back the next day and continue your shot with stop motion. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that applies to so many other things in life. I feel like stop motion has taught me to like you said, kind of grow up in other areas too and, and whatnot. Um, is there anything else that you as that you wanted to share? No, I think I think it's okay for me. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It's it's really interesting to to hear your perspective as you're pursuing a specifically a PhD in stop motion. That was surprising to me when we first connected. And I I think that's awesome. <laughs> thank you, Derek. No, actually it was fun to to yeah, to know that somebody makes a podcast of stop motion. So well, there we go. We, uh, we're, that's exciting for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the chat. I really appreciate it. And uh, all the best with your studies. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm going to give you um, updates with the stop motion bus. Definitely. I will definitely look up for those. All right. So thank you so much. And uh, that's all for now. Okay, bye.